0: Hello and welcome back to the Thoughts for Free podcast. This is a podcast that encourages thinking and discussion about everything and anything. I try to normalize controversial topics and analyze topics that we as a society take for granted or just not willing to talk about. And in between of all that, I just want to have a nice conversation. Neil, welcome to the Thoughts of Free podcast.
1: Thank you, Piotr, thanks for having me. It is
0: a very big pleasure to have you on. I've, so essentially what I've done is, um, you were on the Late, late Show, mm-hmm. you were also um, involved with making a documentary, which was right. very well produced and a kind of freebie. It really told your story very well. Yeah. So I essentially just gave all those things a look. I just dropped my thoughts down on, on a piece of paper and I'm, we're just gonna go through very these questions. Very good, it, yeah, very good. Um, so the first question I had was, I saw you walking through the streets um, in America. So could you actually, for a bit of context, yeah. could we just talk about a little about what you were doing in america yeah. and then we can get through my questions first so right, okay. why were you there and sort of what were you doing in america okay
1: yeah so um, i initially went to america just for summer months i was a teacher and a guidance counselor so three months holidays you know uh, the perks of working in education yeah, sure. but i would always use that time after my conversion when i was younger i'd always use that time to work and live with homeless people drug addicts uh, prisoners and so i went to the south bronx just for a summer, I thought, just for a summer in 2014, uh, I was working, in a, and working and living in a homeless shelter, which is a real pleasure for me because I get actually to uh, serve alongside mm-hmm. people who are basically homeless and have nowhere to go. Uh, I also was working in an AIDS house in Washington, D.C. But um, I was so moved by my experiences while I was over there. Um, I decided that I would leave my job as a teacher and guidance counselor mm-hmm. in a school in Tala and that I would do a year mission work. In New York City just a year of mission work I give a year of my life I'd done it for the number of, of summer months the years before but I said I'd give a year of my life just completely mm. doing mission work in New York City so that's what I did from 2014 and 2015 um, I did that I continued my mission work for that year and it was while I was doing that mission work uh, in New York City that I really felt uh, a call to enter a seminary to start formation uh, for the priesthood mm. now the first thing that uh, a lot of people ask me is okay what do you mean uh, you felt a call. Did mm. Did someone like knock at your door to your house? Appear, did yeah. Did like God appear to you in a dream? Like, what does that mean? Did someone ring you on your mobile and say, right, you no? Uh, like, when when I used the word, I felt a call to priesthood. Is that um, I felt an attraction to the lifestyle mm. as well. You know, uh, when I was younger, I would have laughed at you if you told me that it might have been something I would have considered. But I felt an attraction to the lifestyle and also through my prayer life. So. I have a prayer life with God, which is relational, and it works, it's reciprocal, so it works both ways. It's like a conversation. Uh, so through my prayer life and through my experience working with the marginalized people and through working with religious people, um, I decided to enter seminary um, and start formation for the Archdiocese of New York.
0: Mm. And it really seems like you really threw yourself into that life, like like yeah. you're saying, you, you, you lived with um, people that you were working with, kind of helping out and stuff right. like that. So it really gave you a, a real kind of idea of what this is creates a stronger bond then because you, you were able to say like I'm really attracted to this kind of life I want to help these people and it was really good the one thing that uh, I'm gonna like take little things that I've seen in the go documentary for it. Uh, one thing that I saw you was whilst you're walking through streets and you mentioned that in the in the, in the documentary you you talk to everyone mm. you sort of like go up to people say hi see how they're doing and you go up to homeless people as well you know any anyone that kind of you see yeah. on the streets and uh, I really found that interesting and the question is why do you do that
1: yeah Um It's just something I would have picked up, Piotr, to be honest, is that, you know, to to be present with everybody. The congregation I actually first worked with when I was over there is called the Missionaries of Charity. They're the the congregation Mother Teresa started. And she has two sayings, Okay, which Mm. has been real pivotal for my own life is to do the small things with love. And to see Christ in everybody, as in everybody you treat, treat them like you're talking to Jesus Christ in that way, you know. So when I first started doing this work, I thought I had to be doing these big, extravagant things like saving the world and feeding the poor and doing all these things. But it's not. It's just one conversation at a time. Mm. So if I'm doing the small things with love, it just might mean, as you might have seen in a documentary, that if I'm meeting somebody walking down the street, that I that st- I stop and actually ask them how they're doing. You would not believe, Piotr, that the the impact of calling somebody by their name what it has on them because the number one thing that a homeless person loses what do you think what do you think is? what do you think the number one thing that a person could lose when they're when they're homeless what's that their biggest suffering is
0: be like a self-identity in a way so people right. kind of just see them right them Exca- as, exactly you know. exactly right. the
1: number one thing a, per- a homeless person loses is actually their dignity mm. a lot of people think that oh they lose the sense of uh, you know they've got nothing material and things like that it's not it's been unforgotten and unknown so they lose their sense of dignity i'll just give you one example right because uh, one day i was working in the soup kitchen and there was a homeless woman there with her uh, her partner and i was talking to her and she told me her name i think it was something like you know sharon uh, later on that day She told me her name. I remember later on that day, I was downtown in Manhattan and it just so happened she was in the subway begging and I was just walking past. I'd seen her earlier on that day in the soup kitchen. I said, hi, Sharon, how are you? And she stopped kind of in a daze and she looked at me and she said to her partner going, he knows my name. She knows my name. That's what she said because I meant so much to her. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: By calling her name, you're giving her dignity back. You're actually handing her dignity back. Mm -hmm. You're giving her you're showing her that she does exist and that she does matter because normally people are just walking on over. Mm-hmm. So, answer to your question, Piotr. Like, yeah. why do I?
0: I think you have a strong enough reason. <laughs> yeah, why do I stop
1: and talk to them? Because, yeah. like, you're making them realize that they do exist and they do matter. Mm. You know, because no, no, one, no one asks them anything them about themselves, you know. Mm. And now we can get on to the religion side of things later on as well. Mm-hmm. But you said
0: something there. You were saying uh, treat everyone uh, as if they were Christ. And I find that kind of interesting from my point of view, um, from a point of view of empathy and being able to see everyone as important, treat everyone as if they, everyone has their own story, everyone has their own struggles, and so we can really connect and agree on that. But, because it's interesting, I see now that how it works when you we're working with uh, the gang life mm-hmm. in, in America, mm-hmm. and how you're able to see them as someone worthy of your help as well. Do you right. know, like sometimes those kind of groups can be very like brushed to the side, Absolutely. or like calling them yeah. evil, you right. know, those kind of words right. are thrown out there, but right. you seem to just, and that that really works well, I think, your yeah, kind of beliefs yeah. in that, yeah.
1: Yeah, just realizing that they're human like us, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're, we're all going the one way, we all were born naked, we'll die naked, mm-hmm. you know, at mm-hmm. the end of the day. But
0: yeah. And in, in the documentary, which I, I uh, will leave the link down below if anyone wants to check out, but um, in that um, you were saying that these people are often kind of pushed into these lives like mm. I think like, like that they're only human like they're only in that position right. they're only with those people they only had so many options like right. so, I, I appreciate you kind of saying that um so moving on then I suppose you you give some reasons for the transition in the in the documentary so you have your leg operation. That was kind of a big start. For my leg injury, yeah. For your leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, unfortunately, there was the loss of some very close people right. to you. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that because it was very tough. Um, I wonder if those things didn't happen, what do you think your life would have been like now? Would you, do you think you'd still have
1: the drive for religion? Or oh, good, for question. good question. Good mm-hmm. question, Patrick, to be honest. And to be honest, the way my... I don't know, would I? I, I, I doubt mm-hmm. very much... That I would, Piotr, mm. To be honest with you, I find that interesting. I I doubt you very know, much. I don't really have an opinion on. Yeah, this. I know. It's just kind of can, and, yeah, no. Just even objectively, like mm. you can even looking in on it. Um, I doubt very much. But I even I'd go as far as saying that no, I wouldn't. To be honest with you, yeah. because I was living a very superficial lifestyle. Right. To yeah. be honest, mm. and um, a bit of a, you could say in many ways it was a bit of a limited kind of vision of myself, who I was, and what I was living for when these tragedies struck mm-hmm. uh, namely the leg injury and the family deaths you know the tragedies that i had in my family it broke me out of what i was living for and that was the starting point to be honest mm-hmm. Patrick. when i start asking these questions like uh, it, that, that was yeah. the starting point to be honest is like why am i here on this earth and where are we going after us when we die that's the what i began to ask myself and i realized that if i got the answers to them questions wrong then potentially i could get how i live my life wrong does that make mm. sense? Yeah, I know it does, yeah. Because, because there was these big questions. Yeah, and, like, and to be like, it, so yeah. if I didn't have them, if I didn't have the, the, these tragedies or these things to contend with, I never would have dealt with uh, the meaning of my own existence and why I'm here. And mm-hmm. I think that was the starting point through me. Like, so my faith came as a result of me asking these questions because not only did I have to ask these questions, I had to ask myself too, like, why am I Catholic? Mm-hmm. If I was born in a different country, I could be Muslim, I could be just Christian like Baptist, Evangelical or whatever, like why am I Catholic? So that came later on. That was my own inquiry afterwards. But it did definitely start with me asking um, questions of my own existence.
0: Mm. Um, Let's touch on something you touched on there. I I wanted to ask you later, but what about other religions? Mm -hmm. Why? um, Why this one? And do you think you became? Well, Okay, so I'm going to ask, do you you think you became a Christian by chance? And in a way, we're kind of hypothesizing that maybe, you know, life kind of goes their own way. because the first group you worked with was um christian right wasn't it the first kind of group you worked in um America and I wonder, yeah, the missionaries of charity th- oh the yeah. yeah sorry yeah, and I wonder if you know they were you know a different religion or maybe if you went to a different country to work in yeah. I' am just wondering if you're i don't know if open to another religion is the right a- yeah. question to ask if you get me yeah no. wh- what what do you think about that
1: yeah, so um, so just to answer one of your questions, sure. I purposely worked with the missions of charity. I had worked with them in different countries before I went to New York. Oh, okay. And so I knew they were a Catholic. link was already there. Yeah, right? the link was there. And I knew that they were a Catholic organization uh, run by Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who, um, whose works I was really, really just in awe of, basically, like, you know, the work that she did, a small, simple woman, you know, she's like, not even barely five foot, sure. but yet the work that she did was just <laughs> was unbelievable. Bigger. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah. And yeah. Mother Teresa, and so I would adopt the same philosophy as Mother Teresa, even towards other religions. So, are you aware of Mother Teresa, Piotr, really? Yes. No? And uh, where she started off? No. Do, do you know? okay. I, I wouldn't be that familiar. Okay, so her first mission was in India. Okay. Okay? That's what she's called, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Mm. So, uh, India and the places where she worked are um, heavily um, uh, Hindi, Muslims, right, all these okay. areas. Hmm. So Mother Teresa first went in as a Catholic. Mm. You know, she would have stuck out by like a sore thumb. Yeah. And everybody was very resistant to her. As you can imagine, they're like, you, well, no, you're not converting us. You're not converting us. Mm. And Mother Teresa, a very simple woman, but she was very profound in the same time. So she was like, no. She goes, uh, she said one line. Uh, it's actually in her documentary. Like, she said just one line. And what she used to say, because goes, no, I'm, uh, all I'm here is to help. Mm. You know, all I'm here is to help. Right. And it was in her actions then, that people of other faiths then became really, really uh, interested into, like, what's making this woman tick?
0: Mm, Sure.
1: What's going on behind that? Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of a
0: natural interest. Absolutely. Um, it's almost like a person that's selling something, right? You know, that it's like a you're like a you're salesman right. for the religion in a way. That uh, you
1: could you could see it like as a salesman. <laughs> as I was in It's
0: like the strategy
1: of like yeah, not but, giving away
0: much. It's kind of yeah, but <laughs> and I, I the I same know it's not, it's no, not the yeah, it's same. not. But it's interesting
1: the way you're saying it because literally that's how it nearly works. Because like even in my work too, mm. I'm not going around with a sign over my head going, you have to be Catholic. Sure, yeah. You get what I'm saying? You're just
0: helping, you're coming up
1: to I'm doing, I'm being obviously true to my own faith and my own experiences and my encounters with God. And at the same time then, no matter what lifestyle someone's they living, if they're, it's them that ask me the question about it. Like, you know? Mm. So it seems I,
0: like you were quite influenced by Mother Teresa. then. Absolutely, you know, that, she's like. played
1: a huge role in my life and her philosophy because and it's, it's the example that you're shown. It's easy to talk, do you get what I'm saying? But talk is cheap at the end of the day. You know, you have to be able to walk the walk and it's in your example that people will start becoming interested. The, the person, number one, another person who had a big impact on my life, um, he was a drug addict and he was sharing his story and the change in his life since he had an encounter with God, okay? And it wasn't necessarily what he was saying, this guy, but this guy had a virtue about him, right? A real manliness, a proper manliness, not like a manliness that our society or our media would tell us what, what okay. this means to be a man. This was a proper virtue and manliness about this guy. like. And I wanted that, to be honest with you. And that's what made me interested in like, what's making you take care, like, you know? Mm. So no matter what your belief is, to be honest with you, if, if you believe in God or not, whatever it is, when you identify a virtue in someone, a, a genuine virtue in somebody, it's attractive. Mm. It really is attractive, like, you know?
0: Because I think um, one of the questions I'm, I'm looking forward to be answered on my page, I asked, actually, I talked about your story. I showed a little clip of the documentary and then I asked yeah. a question, do you think uh, Neil's kind of transition is a good thing? Just a mm-hmm. very open question, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm looking, I, I still don't have the data, but I'm, I'm gonna all get right, back okay, to okay. you. That's all right. Um, it's a yes or no question basically, and, and so far there's only a few people that answered, so it's not enough. But the second question then is, I added a bit of information. So I added how, you know, you're doing all this uh, charitable work. Yeah. You're helping these groups, you're helping these groups, you're doing this work. And then after reading all the good stuff, I suppose do you then think does that have an effect on what you thought about the previous question what i'm trying to get at is i feel like someone that doesn't believe like myself right i can look at you and say you're a better person now if you get me right, like, for yeah. for humanity for on society a, on a natural level in really terms of in appreciate terms that.
1: okay in terms of like what like um ver, uh, like say i'll say like virtues you mean on a natural kind of level you mean piotre is it
0: i think the fact that you're you're using um like you're using religion, or you're, you're, you're kind of using that t- to help people. And right. who am I to say that that's a wrong thing, just right. because I don't believe in religion, say. So. Okay, OK. And so yeah. I, I'd like to perhaps make it a message to separate those things, I think. I think it'd be a healthy thing to separate those things and leave one thing. Like Mother Teresa was saying, I'm only here to help. That's kind of what you're doing. Right. And it's sort of like, well, if the help is good, mm. then wasn't the transition good? It's kind of my question because i think no matter what you think about you know you having a conversation with god that which i can't judge or, right. or at least i feel like i shouldn't yeah that's just my own personal belief but i feel like others are quick to judge uh, true, a yeah. lot of religious people and um i'm wondering where does that come from when they're doing good you know yeah it's when they do good because i know you've mentioned the scandals and that's only a small percentage yeah, yeah. and we can talk about that for a little bit because yeah. i'm not really concerned with that mm-hmm. But do you get what I'm kind of saying is that... Oh, I do, yeah. If you're doing so much good work and you're sort of um, saying that it's because of the church or because of, you know, because of the community that's around yeah, the church. Yeah, yeah. like, how am I... How, how? Why would I, you know, judge that? Why would I right. say, oh, you're... No, you're wrong or you're this. Yeah, and well,
1: that, see, and that's... To be honest with you, like you, you, you know, you use the 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 kind of phrase there, a kind of a, a, a okay. selling point in a way, like you know, or like kind of a business strategy, so to speak, like you know. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's just interesting the in way, because yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of it that way. But I suppose that's how it would actually come across, like yeah. you know. But no, at the end of the day, like I ha- I do have a genuine love and care for people like Piotr That I didn't have when I was living my superficial mm-hmm. lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and that, uh, we do share a bit of common ground there that you know I'm not I'm actually out there to try and support uh, I- in my work I have, um, I, have a, I have a great and deep love for the marginalized, for the forgotten, for the underdogs, for prisoners uh, worked, I've been blessed enough to work with people with, with, um, with AIDS homeless people, drug addicts, street children, uh, prostitutes mm. um, I really do have uh, a love for them and want to serve them and try and give them their dignity back in any way that i can you know um, but i'm but i suppose that's what we would share a bit of common ground there so. where would we would di- where we probably would differ though okay, that i'm motivated by that work because of my relationship with god you see okay that's what motivates that work that's what fuels my work that's what gives me the energy to be able to do that work you know because i'm able to give of myself and pour myself out in this sort of work mm-hmm. because uh, I have a relationship with God because of everybody who I meet. So that language might sound uh, a bit weird to you that like everyone I meet, I see them as Christ. I try and meet, I try and serve them as they are as they've, they are Jesus Christ. Like that language even might sound strange, but that's how much I put into uh, um, each kind of person that I meet. No matter where I am, I try and be the same person with whoever I'm meeting in that way, you know. So my work is actually fueled by my relationship with god that's it's an extension uh, it's a logical extension of my relationship mm. with god and no matter who i'm dealing with um whenever, uh, no matter who i'm dealing with and where i am when i'm looking into the eyes of that person i don't say to myself okay if that um imagine if that was me mm. what i say to myself that is me mm. do you get what i'm saying and able to empathize with their situation that's like, i don't that's like the biggest like, level of empathy right <laughs> there you go yeah. i'm like that is me That's. That is me. Mm-hmm. I'm in this person's shoes, and therefore I will do all I can to be there for them in this moment. And that's a great privilege for me, to be honest with you. And, so, and, and that comes from my own hopelessness. Because when I, when I had the the bag, leg injury, hmm. when I had uh, dealt with these uh, family deaths, the tragedies, right. Um, you do. You have a bit of hopelessness about you, you know, mm-hmm. and you feel like it's it bad be luck. Very tough, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Ab- tough. I absolutely like. You know, you're dealing with grief, and you know, you have to confront yourself, and your whole life changes basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not to say life won't be good again because it has been good again, but um, it, it it does change. It's a transition period for yourself, and you have to be able to adapt to your new situation. You know, but um, you do. But you do feel this kind of hopelessness inside yourself, and I felt that even before I had these tragedies in terms of how I was living my life. So it doesn't matter where I am or who I'm dealing with. When I look into the white of the eye of the other person, that's what I say to myself. I go, that's if this, or if that was mm-hmm. me, it's not. That is me. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it allows me to connect and be in solidarity with that person. And that's a great joy for me, to be mm-hmm. in solidarity with someone who's in suffering or who's in pain, you know?
0: Yeah, um, there's a few things I want to touch on because you brought up some really great points there. Uh, but I think let, let's, let's dive into the, the disagreement, say, if, if, if you want to later. There you go, there you go. So, so, there is a, a hole. So, there's hopelessness. That's kind of a hole you needed, you perhaps needed to be filled. And you filled that with God, or you filled that with religion, or, or kind of whatever. I don't want to be disrespectful. No, no, but whatever, no, gone, whatever yeah. term you, you kind of use. Let's just say your relationship with God filled the hole of hopelessness. So yeah,
1: well, I would say I had no meaning or purpose. Okay. Each day it was just kind of, I, I, would, I would say it in the sense of um, it had no meaning or purpose because it didn't make sense to me that, okay, I'm here, I exist. I work Monday to Friday, pay my bills, and then I right. die. Mm. So there was no meaning or purpose to what I was doing, you know?
0: So what if that hole is filled with something else? I want to explore that. So what if that hole is, say for me, perhaps it could be filled by a really loving girlfriend that I can sort of Absolutely. It's great, yeah. Sort of have a goal to create a life with her, to create a family. And that's something that is really has a big drive for me. And yeah. we're there for each other, for everything. And uh, I'm very open about this as well, is because, Okay. Okay. Um, let's just say I'm proud of it as well. I don't. I don't want to stick to that, but I'm, I'm really happy about it. You know, I'm just of genuinely a girlfriend. Oh, a girlfriend that is oh very great, supportive. Great. Brilliant. Of yeah. Yeah. And using that as as a drive, almost Absolutely. to share things together, to do things together. Absolutely. Um. And what if then I fill maybe that that fills sixty percent or seventy okay. percent? What if I fill the rest with say this podcast to yeah, yeah. give people an opportunity to speak? So create discussions. Um, yeah create um, some levels of thinking, deeper thinking in people yeah. around the world, maybe, you Absolutely, know, in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, if, what if my hole is filled 100%, I'm not saying it is, but what if, what if it is? And, and I wonder then, I, I don't really know what to say then, is like, A, like, do, I, do I then need to fill it with anything else? Do I need to fill it with a relationship with God? Do I have enough? Or do you think that a relationship with God could be filled with, say, a girlfriend, a family, friends, and all this? What if I do have the drive? I do have everything I f- think I need. So, so where, where, what would you kind of say to, uh, to me like now? No, so yeah, no, it. and
1: it's a good question, Piotr, to be honest with you. And the things you mentioned there, it's brilliant. To have a relationship with hmm. a woman. Uh, please, God, get married. Right. Have your own family, support them. That gives you the drive and the mean and purpose, okay, I have to put food on the table here, provide for them. Hmm. Likewise, your podcast, it's brilliant. You're getting people thinking and discussing them. Like, it's fantastic, this, we can have this conversation. Exactly, yeah. Things like, they're all, they're all wonderful things. You're like, no way am I, I'm not mm. saying that, like, you know, you're, everything else is going to be terrible and yeah. this is the only thing yeah, that I you works. I, yeah.
0: I, I don't think you were.
1: What? Yeah, no, no, no. So so I'll just, I suppose, I'll, I'll, I'll firstly answer the kind of, the, the first thing that came up there was that I achieved, every, so I'll talk about my own experience. Okay. I achieved everything materially I wanted at a relatively young age in terms of Uh, money, materialism, uh, having a girlfriend, uh, playing sport, all these things, I achieved them, but there was something still missing within myself. Does that make sense? There was something still lacking within myself, you know? I suppose it's hard for you, them things that you mentioned are good, Mm. but it's only until you achieve them, I would like to actually come back and ask you, okay, so is the whole it's the whole and that, field that poetry, goes you down to
0: because I, I'm quite interested in Buddhism, which is something I m- mentioned okay. quite a lot on the podcast. More the philosophies of it, not the religion. Okay, okay. Of it. But um, a lot of that of Buddhism detachment, is, isn't it? it also, it's about desires. So right. In my position, it could be a desire to have a family, a desire to mm-hmm. have a successful podcast. But it's a, it's a very good question to say, mm. well, okay, you have a family. You have a successful podcast, so
1: what's next? And, right.
0: and I guess that could be a really good question to come back to and that in, in 10 years' time or it is. five years' time. Or yeah,
1: and that's the number one question people ask themselves when they achieve all the things in life that they actually wanted to achieve. There's a lot of people fall back on this. Uh, they ask themselves what to do now when all is done, when I've mm-hmm. had my lot. So what do I do now? What's next? Right. Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: But what if... like. Your your goal sort of way is to it is quite unlimited because it's just to serve and and it's just to kind of um, help people. It's a very I don't I don't want to say general one, but it's one that can keep on going because there's always yeah, help. There's always people. There's always stuff. Help, yeah. What if that was your only goal though? What if you took away God? And I know that's that's hard for you because I un- I understand where you're coming from. As in, mm. if I was one that I actually had an ex a, 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 an experience of God, yeah, of God. Say, mm. it's hard to just say. Because it's there, right? For yeah. you, right? And, and you might be. I, I want to say you might be right or wrong, if you get me. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, n- nevertheless, if you're right or wrong, it's still present in mm. you, right? You still feel that. So right. it's kind of impossible to answer that. I'm sure like, it's there, so why would I get away from it? But do you yeah. think it could be possible to have this huge goal just to be a really good person, to, to help out and, and not have an experience? Like, like say for me, like, do you think I could just go through life like that, constantly trying to you know, build relationships? Uh, with people, help people, you know, all that kind of stuff, but not have that experience of God.
1: Um, of course, it's, po- it's of course it's it's hundred percent possible to um, have good relationships, do good work, and on a natural level, be a good person, Piotr. One hundred percent, that is, hmm. that's possible for anyone. Absolutely, like, but if somebody is actually seeking to see if God exists, and then God you know, in his way, which I, I do fully believe, I know I said it in the documentary too, yes. like if you, if you do actually seek God, you know, which your heart, uh, on, in an honest, a, sli- a contrite way, if you're actually honest to seek God, he will reveal himself to you in certain ways. And I can't really answer your question, like is it possible, I've had such an encounter with God.
0: That's what I kind of I said. And he's that revealed well.
1: himself to me. Yeah. I'd be kind of like, I know, yeah, you did correct yourself. Like I'd mm. be a liar. True. If I wasn't speaking about my relationship with God now and the way that he's impacted my life. Like, I encounter them in a way, it like it's hard because it's such it's a supernatural experience, it's a spiritual experience that I've had, and it's hard then to put that even into words. But I'll, I do my best, you know, to try and experience, to explain to someone what it is, what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Like I experience God in a very personal and intimate way, whereby I just I know that He exists because He's revealed Himself to me in the way, the same way, Piotr, I'm speaking to you now. So for me then, to live my life afterwards obviously i can i always do still make mistakes and i'm far from perfect that's not at all but Mm. it completely then because that encounter i had with god my reality then changes in terms of what i'm living for what my motivations are what my intentions are and as you quite correctly pointed out it's turned me into a better person Mm.
0: it's really interesting you mention all that because we i did a discussion post on my page and i'm sure if anyone's listening then they'd be aware of it but we had a little discussion and basically saying um, for the people that believe in God how would your life change if we absolutely knew that he doesn't exist and for the people that don't believe in God how would complete proof like it's proven he's you know the God is there how would your life change when it comes to like goals uh, morals uh, you know how you look at friendships how you look at money yeah and like it was just an interesting kind of interesting. A discussion what sort of feedback do you get um yeah so um some people i think so from the people that are strong atheists we got quite um quite a negative response in the way that they were very like it wouldn't change a thing kind okay. of like because then i'd live my life Continue not for the same. god okay. so that it, yeah, it's yeah. just going to be the same now it was interesting for um other examples as well like um because there was questions like, would you start going to church? You know, like just literally everything. Like yeah, I, I try yeah, to really yeah. kind of make people think. But um, there were certain people saying that they actually might, you know, consider them going to church, like, you know, um, forming that. Now, also there was this idea of the afterlife. This was mm. brought up a few times as well, where someone said, um, well, if I know that now there is an afterlife, then I can kind of care less about things. But it, uh, that can sound bad, but it also mm. like, I think it could be like the pressure of my life kind of just... Vanishes if I know that
1: there is something yeah. like that. and it was just—that's um, interesting point. Yeah, right, and,
0: and I'm sure there was more. And like, yeah, not no, no, no. because
1: what what happens in that? So I just—I just go off yeah, that last do. point you said there, Piotr Right. That was a very—that was actually that was a very interesting thing that person said in the terms of the pressure is kind of lifted off. Mm. It was the same for me, right? Because I realized I wasn't in charge of my own life anymore. I didn't have to try and work things out for myself anymore. Mm. I'd put all this pressure on myself to look the right way behave the right way have the right things but then you realize okay no there's somebody else here as i mentioned um in a, another interview about us having a loving father right. who wants the best for you so since i've surrendered my life to god he has provided everything for me i don't put pressure myself anymore to have the right things or uh, be living my life in the way that i think is the best way It's not to say life has been easy for me, or Mm. I've had tragedy even since this relationship with God. That still that still happens in my life, so to speak. But the pressure for me to work things out on myself that's lifted. Mm. Like before, I was the master of my own destiny, you know, the captain of my own ship, doing what I wanted, when I wanted. Mm. But now I see myself in the in the hand of God. Like you know, I see myself in the palm of God. And uh, when you mentioned about like, okay, we don't have to worry about this life because of you you're kind of made reference there to eternity mm. you know and that's obviously what as a christian why i'm living in the way that i'm living is that please god one day that i will be in heaven with god you know we see heaven as eternity so no matter what even if i live to 100 years old say 120 you know mm-hmm. which i, I won't <laughs> but i'll take it but see, yeah life is still short it is do you know what i mean right. life is still short and i realize that as i'm getting older i'm realizing people that are older, you say, like, oh, do you don't feel the years flying by, you know, whatever. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. That's only because you're old, you're saying that, you know. But it's actually true. As I'm getting older myself, I'm realizing, like, no, these years are ticking by, so life is short. But eternity is a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, eternity is forever, which God promises us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a long time, you know. So even the context of that, when I realized, when I was putting all my hopes and dreams into this life and things working out for me here, and then when I realized, when I had this encounter with God, and, and again, like, it is... It's hard for people to actually understand that, you know, going like, oh, um, what, what is an encounter with God? Did you just read something or you're just following a group, uh, some rules or laws? It's like, no, I'm not. Like, it, like, I, God has revealed himself to me in this kind of very intimate way, a personal way. And so, of course, because of that experience I've had, it's going to affect the way that I live my life from now on. Does that make sense to yeah? you? Yeah, yeah, it's going to affect the way that I no, it, uh, course, that I'm living now, and so course. that's why. So, as you said, right? You said, Patrick, people who haven't had that experience, then of course they're not going to actually be able to relate to what I'm saying or the things that I'm talking about." But it just p- simply begins with um, these questions, these life questions, as I mentioned earlier on, like, wh- "Why? Why are we born? Like, is it was it just by chance that?" I'm here or that I, that I exist for this amount of time. And mm. it's just to st- basically begin by having a discussion with these questions. Because, as I said, I don't, for, I don't go around forcing no. my experiences or what's happened. If people ask me, I, I have to be true to my experiences, you know? And so, for me, if someone's asking me a question and for me to answer truthfully, then I'm not being authentic and genuine to. But, I, but as I say, I love sitting down and be able to hash out these life questions or these mm. philosophical questions as well, you know? Because it's learning on both of our ends, you know. Sure. Yeah,
0: I'm learning a lot already. But from a skeptical viewpoint, say, do you would do you ever consider that your encounter with God was influenced by you wanting to have an encounter with God? I don't know a lot about it, but I, I do mm. know that the conversation is big when it comes to like your mind and your thoughts and right. like what can happen right. when you truly want certain things to happen and. And I don't, and I, and I won't, I'm not labelling what you're going through as a hallucination or a delusion or anything yeah, like yeah. that, and I'm, I'm not, yeah. but I'm just saying that, do you ever think that, are you ever sceptical of it yourself? Mm-hmm. I know that you're probably not now, but overall, in the, in the process of it all, do you ever think that maybe I, I wanted it so bad that I made it happen? Is mm. it like
1: basically I made it up in my head? Did you get I, I know I'd, I'd that was a more blunt way of saying it, but yeah, yeah I know what you mean. I don't yeah. want to
0: phrase it like yeah. that because it is quite blunt and it is quite mean. Because I, I want to be as respectful as possible. Because I want to yeah, learn yeah. from you. Like that's yeah, what yeah. I do with every guest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, did you make it up? <laughs> <laughs> did I make it up in my head? Yeah, yeah. That's basically what you're asking me.
1: No, I didn't make it up in my head. But then no, okay. um, no, no, no. I, I can see. I can, I can see the, the theory in your question there and why you're asking that. And um, when I had my first encounter with God, I did actually. It took me a while, actually, to realize what had happened. Because it was like nothing else. I've done a lot of things in my life, a lot of th- some things I'm not proud of. <laughs> uh, and it was like nothing else I'd ever experienced this, you know? When I was younger, I was always living for these adrenaline rushes and trying to live on the edge and doing all these things, you know? And this was like nothing I'd ever experienced. So, of course, naturally, I was like, what was that? But, like, I couldn't deny it. And subsequently, since since then, Piotr, I've had a number of these experiences that there is real... When I feel the presence of God, like... I just to explain to you like in a in a very so it was natural way
0: a prayer sorry
1: yeah so one of the first times i would experience god or the presence of god you could say um would have been when i was in the hospital bedroom you know when i mm. cried out to him you okay. know cuz i was like i don't i had no time for god or mm. my mom used to go to church and i was like yeah whatever you know it was for old people churches were empty it was, i used to find it depressing going in there i was mm-hmm. like the empty buildings was like what is all this like you know just didn't make any sense to me at all but mum would always talk to me about her faith and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, okay, that's, that's for grannies or when I get older, maybe. It's not for me now. Mm. Like God, I, it's completely insignificant and irrelevant to my own life. you know. I made that, I just simply made a prayer from my heart. I didn't know it was a prayer, but actually mm. what I said was like, God, whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever right. this is, I go, please, I said, if you're real, I said, save my leg and I'll be good to know and I'll change my life. I tried to make a bit of a bargain with him, you right. know. So I'll do whatever you want me to do, whatever. And I, I just felt the peace. And it's, hard for me, it's hard for me to explain, but it was like God had heard my prayer. But I felt a peace within myself. It was like, in that knowing, okay, maybe God had heard my prayer, you know. And mm-hmm. Now, I didn't keep my half of the bargain because I went back living this other lifestyle. I was like, all right, maybe I can use God when I want. Mm-hmm. But I, I've had another, I've had a number of experiences God through my life in that kind of way. But I've had one other really, really powerful one where, again, um, it was so kind of such a powerful experience. that again, I couldn't deny it. But I felt a love within myself, Piotr, when I had this experience of God, I felt a love within myself that I never felt before. It was like it was going through my bones. And I just innately knew that God loved me right there and then. Like, I just felt the presence of God within myself. And again, it's such a supernatural experience. It's hard for me to explain it in like, layman's terms. And a lot of people would actually say, or they've heard me saying that, they're like, oh, you must have been taking drugs, or you must have been going a bit doolally or whatever, but like, no, like, I've, I've had, the, I had this encounter with God, which other people have had, mm-hmm. you know, you can read about a, a lot of kind of mystics or, or saints through mm-hmm. the, throughout their life having these encounters with God, it's not like I have them every day or every morning, right. not at all, there was one extreme one, that one that I'm talking about there, mm. but no, like, it's such a real thing, Chachar, that it's, it's, you know, I, you're talking to me now, I, I, I hope I'm mentally coming across okay, like, you know, no, I'm you not are. a...
0: I'm and I'm questioning it especially because through my pursuit of Buddhism, I, I tried meditation and I mm. tried things like that. You know, there's a lot of talk in Buddhism about enlightenment and mm. those moments of enlightenment. And it's not just right. that you one day just become enlightened. Right. There's all these little moments. And, right. and the reason I'm questioning it is because I felt like, and I never talked about it in the podcast, but I felt like I had those moments. Really? I, f- I felt like I had those moments of life is so much bigger than what, what this is. And right. it's kind of those... But we see those can be argued that they're kind of like philosophical enlightenments as well and things like that. But just in that peace of mind, that, that, that kind of finding that true peace, that inner peace. Right. It's kind of hard to, if I was to make an argument for Buddhism, say, and if yeah. I was sitting in your chair now, I I'd, I'd think I'd be the same. I'd be like, it's hard to kind of explain. And, and the reason I'm kind of questioning is because I wonder if there's any connection with that. Because, you know, like prayers and, and, and meditation, they, they can be kind of similar. It's that kind of moment to yourself. It's mm. that kind of conversation. You know, it can be argued that it's a conversation with God, but perhaps you're talking to yourself as well. You're, you're kind of having a discussion with yourself, which is kind of what meditation can be as well. And I wonder, I'm kind of searching for a bit of a connection there because one part of me is very skeptical of all these things, mm-hmm. but perhaps I'm practicing it. You, you know what I mean? You know what yeah. I'm trying to say? And, and 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 then I don't want to come out as me saying that oh I've discovered God or I've discovered enlightenment or anything yeah. like that. But I'm just saying that I'm on this very humble little journey of my own that I'm sort of discovering these little moments of realization and, mm. and these kind of things and, and I sort of can somewhat understand where you're coming from and I'm and totally, you're, you're asking me if, if I think that you're in a healthy mental state, like I, I totally <laughs> do because, because of my little, yeah, yeah. little experimentation here and there.
1: And, so just on your own uh, experimentation, if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. just like so, when you would have taken that time to, let say, you, you know, meditate as you right. say, and kind of detach from noise and internet and phone and music yes. and all the rest of it, was it just sitting with yourself, or did you actually? Would you actually call upon God and go like, God, you know, I just want to spend time with you now, or you show me that you are be with me here in this moment? What what sort of?
0: I would generally focus on my mind and my feelings. So I would generally focus on my body and see what it's feeling, which is kind of the typical Buddhist way of living, which is the whole thing of being present and fully present at every single moment of your life. And it's just getting a little taster of that. So I would never actually try, I guess. Okay speak to a higher being or speak to yeah, anything like else exactly like would, a creator type sure thing. sure yeah it would always be kind of within and the uh, realizations would be more about my beliefs about like like the materialistic things and things yeah. like that and a lot of those realizations helped me kind of uh, change my life and because I feel like I went through a change as well in the last three years so that's mm. why I, I saw a lot of the way you speak, I saw a lot of in what I'm going through, or at least starting off. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like maybe I'll be closer to where you are in a few years as well. Maybe we're on a like an, yeah, on a yeah. on a very similar path, but mm. but maybe are we are we putting different labels on it, or are we, or is it that you genuinely have these experiences with God, and maybe I should be doing that as well? And it's sort of this conversation mm. to have with with myself after this even podcast, to, you know, to think about things, you know.
1: Yeah, and we're all on such a personal and unique journey, uh, Piotr, you know, and it's by me realising, f- for myself anyways, when I came to the conclusion, when I came to the realisation that there is a creator, you know, that I there is intelligent, I, I would have gone into all these kind of questions, there's intelligent design here on earth, and so therefore that infers for me that there must be some sort of intelligent designer hmm. over these things. Now you can come back and argue going, okay, there's not always intelligent design on earth, you know, we have right. natural disasters and the things the like that as sucks, well, you know, yeah. but uh, at, but at the same time, um, when I began to, when I had these, when I ha- began to have these experiences with God and there was too much happening in my life for me to be able to say no that God doesn't exist so I would have started off with the point of like no there's a creator and um, there's a design between, behind this universe but more importantly I actually feel like there's a personal, connect- I'm having a personal connection here hmm. with God like I felt I think the first myself. part of
0: what you're saying is very hard to argue against I think like knowing if there is a creator or not i feel like from the atheist communities because usually i i kind of i don't like the two extremes i love talking to the extremes to kind of learn from them Mm -hmm. but i generally tend to kind of flow in the middle Mm -hmm. sort of and so looking from the atheist perspective i think just saying that you know that there isn't a creator like agnostics are different they're kind of Mm -hmm. i'd say i would consider myself agnostic to a a certain degree Uh, because atheists are kind of like no no we know that there isn't yeah and i find that kind of um you know like how do you know? Like as in this was this is a world like it's it's, it's created somehow like yeah. so who or what you know that kind
1: of thing. Right, so, right, right. Sorry, you were you were gonna. Yeah, no, it. no, no. And so once I was having these experiences, i like, just very simply, I was like, okay, I'm having experiences here of something that I feel has created me, okay, and it just it would just imply that this is a god, like the creator, and me reading up and, and things like that. But then my reading took me to okay. God exists for me, you know, God exists for me. I know it through my reason. I can make a rational case for the existence of God here based on and my reason. But at the same time, then the, the clincher and the key for me was I've actually experienced God at a personal level. But then where it moved on for me then was and, and I questioned this a lot, to be honest with you. I moved, where it moved on for me, Piotr, was, okay. OK, God exists. So why am I Catholic? Hmm. I know we touched on this earlier on, but yeah, I was like, little, but why yeah. am I Catholic? Like, if I was born here, I'd be this religion. If it's I was born the, here... It's the
0: whole geographical effect of exactly. religions. Exactly. Like. So
1: I had to do a lot of my own kind of inquiry and reading and research myself. On, and I had to be intellectually... Um, I want to be intellectually sure and sound that, okay, if I'm Catholic, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be sure that I'm Catholic for the right reasons. And if, it, if I do think that God created the Catholic Church through Jesus Christ, well, I'm going to give myself to that, you know, because it makes sense. And the more I did that inquiry, the more I actually um, researched different religions, researched the Catholic faith, the good and the bad, you know, don't get me wrong, I was put off by a lot of the bad, to be honest with you. Because right. I was like, okay, this is going on in the Catholic Church, then what about this religion or this faith? You know, maybe mm-hmm. it can be. And I was really saying, okay, it's not actually too different. Um, and the more then I read about the Catholic faith, the more it made sense to me that no, this is where I belong. And I actually feel at home now in the Catholic church. Now, for me to say that years ago, mm. if you told me that years ago, yeah. I would have laughed at you. That everything that I was looking for in life was in the Catholic church. Mm. It was the last place I would have walked into to be honest with you.
0: But it, it does sound very nice. It's this very big sense of community that I hear from you. Like it's, mm. it's this connection. And if you want to touch on the scandals, like what I, what I wrote down when I was listening to the scandals, my thoughts on it is that, you know. It's nice that you're being honest. That mm-hmm. you've looked at that. Um, that's that's kind of an important thing, I mm-hmm. think. But um, I, I would say that like every or most group have that like one percent in right, their yeah. group because you know you are a group as, as Christians right. say. Right. That that kind of give that do some extreme things or do some really yeah. bad things mm-hmm. or, and just put like very bad name on that. And you could kind of go with any group yeah. out there, like um, both religious, non. Yeah, yeah exactly. I right. Mean, you know, even like that, you, you think of Apple, you, you think of like yeah. the Chinese workers and things like that. But, yeah. but how much Apple is doing how much good is it doing for right. for them even or, or for anyone mm-hmm. else? And and so I, I think that would be my take on it is that I never really paid attention to that, I have to say. Really? Yeah. It put away it puts away a lot of young people off, yeah. obviously now. Because they, they were quite um and you know, the shows that were made, the documentaries mm-hmm, that were made mm-hmm. on, on the all the scandals. Mm-hmm. Um you know that that was booming mm-hmm. there was a i think it was like few two years ago maybe three years ago there was a big boom for this in the media like if you get oh, me yeah, from that exploded. perspective it was always oh, a big yeah. boom a lot of views a lot of clicks last last
1: 10 years like that's really really okay. gathered momentum you know
0: and uh, to one extent i'm sure you can agree that perhaps exposure is a good thing because you know we want to get rid of the bad i suppose or, or educate those priests Absolutely. or those to not do that you yeah. know treat them as human as well right. you know to, to stick mm-hmm. to the rule for everybody right. those people um, you know they deserve a second chance or a yeah. third or a fourth or fifth, yeah. you know that kind of thing. Um, but to just to just put that whole label on everybody, yeah, And for yeah. me to, to call you whatever you know they were calling you know yeah, the other yeah. Place or the other um uh, workers for for the church, yeah, yeah. um, it's just unfair. And that that's just my two cents on the topic. I think it's yeah. just it's just I never just paid attention to it. I I thought it was just a bit unfair. Right,
1: right. No, well, look, it, it's a kind of um I suppose you're looking at it in a very mature way. You know that. To be honest with you, yeah, you're you're correct, Piotr, that every institution has had this. But I suppose people would have put the Catholic Church on a bit of a pedestal before, maybe our
0: Mm. parents'
1: generations and things like that, so you feel kind of more let down in a way. Mm. And then some people were actually uh, very, very hurt in the whole thing too, and families were hurt too and things like that, you know, so you would have had poor families and then, unfortunately, would have been on the wrong end of abuse, like I call it for what it is, you know, wrong Mm. end of abuse. So therefore, your trust in the Catholic Church is going to be severely broken, and therefore, like, I, and so trust I... Trust is a hard thing. Yeah, but. <laughs> absolutely, like, you know, so therefore your trust is going to be broke. And rightly so, like, because as I said in, in the interview also, like, it's, 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 um, it's inexcusable hmm. what went on, you know, and I'm only delighted that what was done in darkness is brought out into the light. Right. Absolutely delighted. And anybody who is in any shape, way or form involved in any sort of behaviour that is certainly not... Um, certainly, what we, re- not what we read not we the Bible or in the scriptures, or to do with yeah. the Catholic Church—should yeah. be called out on that, you know. Right. For the safety of other people as well, like yeah, you know, because exactly. you have a lot of vulnerable people out there, and um, maybe not so much now, but priests and clergy—they're seen as trusted people. Like That's you could see, thing. you yeah. could see even in New York. You asked me about the encounters I had with a lot of people. Mm. People trusted me, like you know, they do. Even there's in New York, they did. There's, yeah. a, there's actually a, there's a trust there, and so for me to violate that trust mm. that they're putting in me. Um, they, they're serious crimes, Piotr. Like they are actually serious crimes in that way. You I, th- know? I think it's it's it's, impo- like, it's near to
0: impossible to get that trust back, especially for parents mm. that are sending their loved ones for, for right. mass. And and sometimes I, I used to um, practice. I, I used to be a ser- servant at mass as well oh, okay, throughout okay. my years. I, I'm from Poland, so I used to very good. Poland is very. Campy. I think everyone has to serve
1: at mass there. Yeah, it? I think yeah. so. <laughs>
0: um, and so that was a big thing of my life at the beginning. But um, a lot of the masses, and I was very drawn into the church, and mm. so a lot of the masses I really wanted to go to. There was some point system as well with the priest we had, or our priest was very kind of quirky and really? kind of had yeah. his own ways of encouraging people to come okay. to serve at mass. He would have this point system that if you attended mass and served and whatnot, you helped, you'd get a certain amount of points, okay. depending on what day it is, because there's some days that they need to help more with. So it kind of made sense, and then yeah. those points were transferred to um, some sort of rewards, like maybe a trip. Uh, was organised in a few months' time and the top oh, okay. five people with the most points could go on this trip to go right, like, okay. hiking or something. It was all very yeah, cool. Yeah, we yeah. felt a sense of community. I had yeah. no problem with that. But what I would say is that I'd go to these Mass on my own as a, as a child and I can just imagine how a parent would feel sending their child to this trusted, oh, sacred place yeah. and then for that to be violated. Absolutely. It's still, it's still a minority because mm. I would still say that the majority of churches are really good for communities. Right. right. But, uh, yeah. you know, for those small communities, especially if it's a small village. Absolutely. Like, the whole yeah. village just gets... Of course. You know. you yeah, know, and, it's ter- and, yeah, and it's, in that it's way, hard. it's terrible.
1: But, you know, at the same time, some of the best people I've met ha- ha- have been working in the church, you know. And mm. and even for them, I just, I know it's not fair to paint them with the same brush. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying in that yeah. way? It, it wouldn't be fair because I know the good work that they've done mm. and how heartbroken they are. Because it's like it's like this. If we were playing on the same football team... Right and someone from your team was behaving like that. Yeah. Everyone kind of writes off the, it's easy to write off the whole team. Mm. But can you imagine how heartbroken the other people are in that team they are actually trying to do things in the right way, you know? Exactly. And that's where my heart went out to some yeah. of these people. I've done good work with like marginalized people in the missions overseas and in Africa, wherever, like, you know, do, just doing, do actually doing it uh, with the best, best interest at heart, um, of the, best pe- the people's best interest at heart, mm. trying to carry out this work. And yet someone on their team lets them down. It can be quite hard to deal with and that's why um i've always said myself that i would have made it a mission for myself to try and to try and rebuild the good name of the church mm. to try and rebuild that reputation and it's a very humble church now so it doesn't matter what the church has to do like and i think it's not a bad thing that it's a humble church now because it, any church shouldn't have too much power anyways to be honest with you so if that means for me to carry out humble work yeah. you know and um, then i will do that to try and rebuild yeah. the trust of the people no matter what it is if i have to you know, they're asking me to clean out toilets, then right, you'll right. do it, because, why? I want to try and rebuild the trust to show that there's a genuineness and authenticity in the work that I'm doing.
0: For the reasons you brought up there is the exact same reasons I have for when, um, like, w- when people like yourself get hate. Like, I just don't think it's fair. Like, And, mm. and I do kind of, I, I do quite separate the whole religion and, and the goodness of people, like okay, I mentioned yeah, before. Okay, yeah. uh, and, and it's just tough for me to see, like, someone like yourself, you know, watching the documentary, I, I just think, Wow, great guy! I'm look, really looking forward to tomorrow. Like that—that that was my first thing, and oh, it and could. then it it it, it kind of hurts me to think that someone might watch the documentary and be like, "What a waste! What a why would he think like that?" Why why would yeah. he, and and you hear those things. It's unfortunate. No, especially course. online. Yeah, I would have got a lot
1: of feedback about why you waste in your life. Really? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like okay. you know, but like yeah. I don't like it. Doesn't um, I, I mean, can see why? You don't see b- it like that. I mean, yeah, it's not at be all. Hard for you to, like, yeah. Even, dive into those
0: like it's hard to even answer those because right. you're at such different levels yeah it's it's very hard to uh, yeah it's very yeah hard it just
1: to. a lot of people would have sown would have um seen it as me throwing my life away you know right
0: um so i'm going to take this opportunity to thank sandra for organizing this because it was it was just i yeah. was so much there i think there was so much deep conversation there and i, and yeah. I kinda, i'm saying that because i want to have a few more questions that are a bit lighter, and we can have yeah, yeah. fun with those. Very and good. then we can call it a day because it, it's been it's been it has been great. great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've really enjoyed thanks. it. I have to say, like, and uh, I, I, I say it off air as well. Like, <laughs> 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 no, but genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, really enjoyed bouncing hey, ideas good. and really like yeah. kind of challenging. Yeah, uh, yeah. both myself. Absolutely, and, and yourself, uh, it's
1: know? it's healthy to sit down and have these uh, conversations, mm. like, can't we? And so no, that's and that's what I'd always encourage. And any platform like people coming together with okay. different ideas. Yeah if it's done in a respectful way then of mm. course you can discuss these things properly like you know mm. and be able to and to be able to listen to each mm. other you know be able to listen For properly to sure. each other like yeah you know. so i have a question
0: and then i have four questions from uh my followers as well so okay. my question kind of was um what do you think of the significance of wearing the robe i found that kind of interesting because um, do you think it kind of attracts attention do you think it gives you more credibility which is kind of something that you touched on a little yeah, bit yeah yeah and then do you think it's important to wear it as, as the work you do
1: yeah 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 no good question uh i suppose that gathers a bit more attention than i would have thought <laughs> to be okay. honest Yeah, you know when i when i uh, when people were when they saw the the, the documentary I negatives
0: suppose. and positives um, do you get any people like
1: Calling you out in the streets? or uh, Oh no, okay, well, of course, yeah, you okay. would sometimes... you Because you'd, of the robe, I guess? Well, well, so first and foremost, it's you stand out. Right. So people are more curious on the street, to be honest with you. Mm. They're more curious going like, what are you, why are you doing yeah. that? And like, well, what do you mean you're studying to be a priest? And so like, are you never going to get married? Yeah. And I'm really confused with that, you know, that's yeah. obviously a different topic like, yeah. that, you know, but they're just there's a curiosity there. But at mm. the same time, as I mentioned earlier on, there's a trust trust there too. They start asking you all sorts of questions Hmm. and start getting very personal and very quickly. So the credibility maybe? maybe. Yeah, yeah, there is. And then they start saying like, okay, um, I'm agnostic, can I ask you this? Hmm. And you start getting into these conversations, you know? So so people are, I suppose, attracted to it Hmm. in the sense of it gets them thinking, they get curious and they start asking you questions, you know? I think now it,
0: in, in philosophy, it's almost like a stimulus for conversation, you know, like um, yeah, right. a stimulus could be just uh, reading a story or uh, um, showing an image on, on uh, in front of a classroom and then it gets people thinking either positive or negative, so right. it's almost like the robe is like the the entry to conversation. Right, yeah. Perhaps. I know, like, you prob- you mm. obviously think of yourself as not just the robe. Like, it's not... Yeah, no, no. You come up to people. You actually initiate the conversation. Absolutely, yeah. It's not that, you know, you only right. get people in. But but it can be a little part of it. That, no, it yeah. That it like
1: it, 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 So, even in wearing it, uh, I suppose the philosophy in wearing it is it's black for a reason. Like, okay. it's black because, uh, in a sense, you've died unto yourself. You okay? Would. You die unto yourself. As in, like, so in terms of materialism, in terms of living, oh. me living for like mm-hmm. in the eyes of the world type ways mm-hmm. that I'm just there, die to self, that I'm there available and to be served right. the people. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's why it's black in, the, well, in a sense. What I wouldn't
0: no? understand then is why don't you wear it all the time? O- honest question. Like I, I don't yeah. know why. Why wouldn't you wear it so
1: all the time? So I'm not wearing it now because okay. I'm no longer studying to be a priest. Oh. Okay. Do you not know that, no? No. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry.
0: Like. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 that's okay. fine, that's
1: fine. Sorry, I should have made reference to that. Okay. So but you're not
0: longer wanting to be a priest.
1: Yeah, so, I. So uh, sorry, I'll explain that for you. I'll just go a bit deeper with that, mm-hmm. um, just put a context on it. So I would have spent, I explained how I felt called to enter the priesthood. Okay. I spent three and a half years studying to be yes. a priest. yeah. But uh, I have since left, I've taken a bit of time off. Mm. Okay? Now, a lot of people would look at it and think like, okay, you tried it, you didn't like it, you left, you know, type thing as in like, oh, it's like going to one job, you don't like it, you leave, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. uh, as I mentioned earlier on, if you remember, like I'm journeying here with God, mm. you know? I worked four or five years in a school in Talla in Dublin that I absolutely loved as a teacher okay. and a guidance counsellor, loved the work there. I've done missionary work each, every summer with the missionaries of charity. And then I've spent the last number of years studying to be a priest. But all these experiences are built on each other. As in, God is bringing me on a bit of a journey here. So just Mm -hmm. like I felt called to enter the priesthood Mm -hmm. and study to be a priest, I felt called to leave again. Now you might say, what a waste of whatever years. Like, no, not at all. Can you see by me surrendering kind of my life and entering that time to study to be a priest, the amount of things that happened to me in that time that I gained from. Mm -hmm. I studied philosophy. I did a, did a master's in philosophy and I began mm. studying theology. Thank God I, I studied the philosophy, or you know, you'd know, <laughs> you be going to town with me today well, here. But well, no, but, no, but <laughs> I got to study philosophy, I got to study theology, I got to live mm. in a seminary, I got to increase my prayer life, um, I got to greet, make Greek friends. So like in them years of me studying to be a priest, I've grown hugely. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, the reason I'm not wearing it right now is because I'm no longer at the moment studying to be a priest.
0: Mm. That that's great, but sorry to be so technical then. But no, 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 so then, are the robes just I- exclusive for priests? Like, as in, can't you still show that you're not materialistic, or can you? You know what? You know what I'm. Yeah, yeah, no, at? I do.
1: So would I? Would I? Could I not still wear it now, basically, or, or, because I need my fade or an equivalent? No, it wouldn't really make sense, to be honest, because then I would be posing as... As a priest. Yeah, as a priest or someone in a a religious order or someone studying to be a priest. I get that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. In that way, like, you know, because that's what identifies you as somebody who is part part of a religious order, community, Mm -hmm. or studying to be a priest or a priest. You know, that's what identifies you in that way, like, you know. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I I think there's some interesting um, sort of arguments that I, I don't fully kind of get behind yet maybe even but but even from the Buddhist thing how they they wouldn't pay attention to like you know their clothing and it's yeah, like yeah. An overall though, detachment it's the, like yeah. yeah it's the detachment and I suppose they uh, that's where it got me thinking about that I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be doing that or, yeah you know, to see me, like I'm just wearing normal enough clothes, like it's yeah. not like I'm wearing something, you know. Right. <laughs> but it's just got me thinking about it. I think, but but,
1: but, but I would. Um, it was a good question to be honest Petra, you, because um, I am, but through my living my Catholic faith, I am way more. De- thank God, I'm way more detached now um, than I was before, because mm. I used to put a lot of my hope and in happiness into material into, things, yeah. clothes, car, money, whatever. Right. But now, you know, I don't. They don't have the same meaning to me, like in that mm. way, because what I realized was that. Um, you can't get your identity through them or yeah. off them, you know? To get them. saying? And you
0: remember how you were saying um, this relief that you get? Uh, oh, yeah, all big all these time. Things. It's interesting in even this aspect, because you, because you don't need to keep up with the trends, because you don't need to have yeah. the best car, the best house, the best whatever, yeah. it actually, uh, you don't need as much money then. you, you get right. me? Like, it's actually a cheaper lifestyle. you, you live in simply. Living simply, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, yeah. it's a simple way of living, but then realising that uh, there was actually more of a joy Mm. In living simply as well. To be honest with you, mm. Beatrice like you know, simple I do. Things. I do. Find, yeah, yeah. The simple I, things are Simple nice. things, and like as again, I'm not. I'm speaking like I'm 70 years old. But like as I go <laughs> on in life, and as I get older, I realise that the simple things are far more important to me now. Yeah. You know, like uh, my if I've got peace of mind and my health i'm very rich you know in yeah. myself like if you walk into hospital up the road there and you walk around a lot of the cancer units or whatever and you see young people struggling mm. it, it kind of puts a bit of a perspective on things in terms of like what i was taking for granted mm. if i got my peace of mind my health and uh, my family then mm. i'm doing very well so that's why for me now like being able to go for a walk or even to go for a coffee with a friend, I would have kind yeah. of laughed at them things before, mm. you know, but to experience like, it might sound cheesy, like a sunset, or to experience nature, or yeah. go for a hike, or whatever it is.
0: I'm, I'm witchy on all of that. All right, yeah, good, yeah, good. Sure. So,
1: whereas before I would have been like, no, I need something extreme, I need yeah. a mad holiday, I need to be going to like a rave, I need to be spending a summer in Ayanape, like these type mm. of things yeah I know, and I just complicated everything like you know mm,
0: yeah no there. yeah uh, like even touching on that from my own exa- uh, my own example is myself and my girlfriend went on a holiday we went uh, exploring uh, bosnia and croatia okay and one of the one of the just one of the days we uh, rented a car to go and drive through a nature park mm. and um being able to kind of drive it, not looking for like, oh, look how fast I can go or whatnot, yeah, yeah. but really like enjoying the road, like really yeah. enjoying the path, even on, because I know that's still materialistic in a way, because you're on a holiday, you're, you're renting a car, fair enough, you can you can combat me on those uh-huh. if you want to, but uh, as in anyone that's listening. No, well. yeah, okay. But, but um, there was one point where I really remember, and I really remember this area where we, we saw, we were driving through it, and uh, my girlfriend's name is Aving. Avian goes. Uh, wow, that that's beautiful. We should we should stop there now. Yeah. And without a doubt, I just turn around, like turn back, oh. and we just stay there for like an hour or two. Like even though like that doesn't sound like a lot of time, but it is for right. like just to be able to like yes, sit course. there. And there was a, there was it was actually amazing. It was. Um, it was like a semicircle, if you can imagine um, and it was like we were on a mountain yeah and then there was just a drop down there oh, and wow. at the top of the semicircle there was a bench yeah it was like a movie that's unreal and then there was just that and there's just loads of ridges wow. loads of mountains trees little lakes yeah. and things like that we just sat there and we no, had the, with the time of our life like that was one of the you know, we, we had all the ice creams, we had all the yeah, yeah, different yeah. things like that. We spent money, we went, you know, we did right. trips, we did boat trips, we did yeah, all this. Yeah, yeah. But just sitting there and it was That was just, the highlight, was it? It was just amazing. Like, yeah, and, that, yeah. and again, like yourself, I don't want to sound whatever, but I'm just saying, like, I genuinely, myself, personally, loved it. Like, yeah, it was, and,
1: and it that see, And it, it, and that was about you there, Piotr, being present to where you were. You get what I'm sure, saying? And sure. your surroundings. And that kind of links in with your first question that you asked me, like, why mm. do I take time with mm. the people yeah, in front yeah, of me? Yeah. But it's actually just being present with them mm. and listening to them, asking them their name, asking them something simply like you know. Uh, and likewise, I would do the same as what you did there. Don't be wrong; I still go on holidays. Most of them are religious-based so on pilgrimages and things like that. But, but if I'm somewhere to I enjoy a good, fun actually. Aren't yeah, they? to enjoy like a good sunset or to enjoy nature, again, these are the things I would have laughed at when I was younger. So I was like, sure, whatever. Like I never. Mm. They're, they're everywhere yeah. like we I live next to the sea I'm not far oh, yeah. from <laughs> Salt Hill you yeah, know I'm not yeah. far from Salt yeah, Hill yeah. but sure nice I never area, would have yeah. bothered about you I know, know the sun there, going down yeah. or looking at the water there and things like that but now mm. I like it just looks different to me yeah. you know in that way you know, I appreciate I think, it
0: I think what I want to end, uh, end on that is say that it's not something, I don't really, I, I'm not really a preacher. I, I don't really want to give yeah. people advice. But I think it's nice to show that there, it's an option. You know, it's something that you can try. Right. Something that you can try be present in the moment. You can try enjoy the little Absolutely, things. Absolutely, yeah. And then see, see what happens. Maybe, exactly. maybe Maybe we can tweak it a little bit. Maybe we can try it again <laughs> with a bit more advice. Or like that. That's but, right. Um, so, let's, uh, let's, let's finish off. Um, I have four questions from followers. Okay, here we go. Um, so, um, one person said, I'd love for you to ask a studying sem- seminarium? how do you pronounce that seminarian seminarian right? yes because i know that you're not now but i'm not now you yeah. were you were i so, was so uh studying seminarian what he thinks about charismatic prayer
1: oh okay and
0: is it um so this is like a two-part question so what do you think about it but then she said um is it smiled or frowned upon these days in the church so like okay. what do you think about it first and then what does the church think about it okay charismatic it's, prayer
1: that's a very good question that's yeah. obviously someone who has an understanding of the church like, um, yeah, but yeah,
0: because um, uh, I'm not even I'm, I'm not sure what it is. So,
1: sure. uh, charismatic prayer is invoking the Holy Spirit. Oh. Okay, so it's,
0: like it's calling for it.
1: Kind yeah, of. calling upon the Holy Spirit oh. to guide you. You know. Okay. And so, the it's so we know that the Trinity is is uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. Like when a Catholic bless themselves, well, they are now like Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. God the Father, Son Jesus Christ, and then the Holy Spirit. Which is known as the paraclete which is known as a guide okay mm. so charismatic prayer uh, is done in a way where it's a calling down of the holy spirit so you actually then can actually feel people but then like on a physical level you can actually feel the holy spirit in a way does that make sense like our prayer groups now this is a very specific type of prayer charismatic okay. prayer you know mm. uh, it's a certain prayer groups then would be known as for example charismatic you know so it's like a calling down to the holy spirit but what was the second part of that question there is it smiled or frowned upon these days in the church so like what, what does the kind of the
0: church think of this
1: um is it frowned upon or smiled mm. now okay now not everybody would like or want charismatic prayer who are who would be living their faith mm. but then you'd have a certain people that it's all they all That's their cool. practice is would be um would, they, they practice in the charismatic way all the time, okay. Um, I could get a bit more technical with it, but I'm not sure how much how it'd be res- or like if it'd be understood. Mm. Now, but what does the church think of it? Yeah, the church is open to any uh, worship style as long as it's not abuse. Does that, does that make sense? Okay. No. As long as then it's not going against church teaching first and foremost. Okay. You know. So.
0: But but it seems like I don't know much about it, but it yeah. seems like some people do take it over, like too much is it or right yeah yeah is yeah. this uh, i'm not sure i could be uh, quite foolish to say this but is this um to do with like some of the videos that are up online of like a uh, like a pastor or like a like a like a f- is that what it kind of was so that what charismatic and then everyone starts like fall into the ground. And yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you've I seen know, it before. Like a, That's a, it. Is that it. That
1: would be known as charismatic, oh. a certain type of charismatic prayer, for oh, example. That, that, okay. So it be Pentecostals. So it first originally came around through Pentecostals, okay, which is a Christian denomination of the church. Okay. But then um, the Catholic church, have, people within the Catholic church have all, all also adopted this type of prayer. Do you get know what I'm saying? Mm. Now it can be done to, it, it, I, can't, I it'd be wrong for me to say that every sort of charismatic prayer was the same. Okay. It would be false for me to say that, like you know, because it's not like people then practice in different ways and certain levels of, say, charismatic prayer as well, you know. Okay. But then, um, sounds like it's a big topic for. Yeah, it a, a is. Podcast and it's oh, own. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's its own podcast, and yeah. to be honest, I could go into a lot okay. more detail and tech and the technicalities of it sure, as well. Sure. Hopefully, this person
0: gets back and maybe, yeah. Maybe, so. Maybe you know exactly yeah, so like if,
1: if if the you know hopefully that person does get back because it's actually a very good question now mm. uh for me personally in terms of charismatic prayer i always make sure that if charismatic prayer is taking place that it does not uh, go outside of church teaching you know and i'd mm. always make sure then if charismatic prayer has been done that it's been done with a reputable person or a priest as okay. well you know now it's asked There is it frowned upon yeah no the there's um The papal preacher, his name is Cantilemesa, okay, Okay. Uh, Father Cantilemesa. The papal preacher means that he uh, preaches for the Pope in the Vatican City. Now, he actually released a book recently um, in relation to the Holy Spirit and charismatic prayer that might be of a good read uh, for that person because, again, it just basically explains what charismatic prayer is and how we can use it in our daily life. Now, certain types of charismatic prayer, because there might be some abuses attached with it in the way it's been done, I'm sure certain quarters of the church then would frown upon that also, like mm. you know.
0: So it seems like it's it's not generally frowned upon because generally it's done uh, right uh, with the rules of like or the teachings of the church, like so right. it's, it's done properly. I guess you see,
1: that's like what I'm saying. But then it's hard then to people then question a lot. Okay, what is proper? Do you know okay. what I mean? Is it like enough. so? Okay, there's a lot of gray areas here. What what's okay. Catholic? What's not? Now you would have a huge cohort of people that do practice charismatic prayer mm. but then you'd have a cohort that don't but it's like anything to be honest with you the church is ins- is an institution and there's more ways to god than there is people in the world in terms of how we practice uh, does that make sense Is okay. in like it's like any institution that like people have different worship styles mm-hmm. and people have different ideologies in terms of some people might be far left or far right as they would say and mm-hmm. using them terms but some people then would be far left or far right, or maybe they see themselves just kind of like a moderate. in, even in the church, yeah, kind of. in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. So even when the church is a political entity in and of itself, mm. so depending on where you would fall, if do you have to crack away to say okay. politically, yeah. you might have, uh, you might veer or have more of attraction for a certain worship style, like you know.
0: I think that's true. Yeah, those are like philosophical things as well when it comes to like personality right. and, and experience and what, what you're drawn into as well. Right. Like, that, that, that's, that's, yeah. well that sounds fair. Um, so another question was: Does he know anything about locutions? L- locutions. Okay. So locutions. Hello? yes. Locutions, so locutions. Yeah.
1: So um, a, a small bit, you know, okay. I, you know, if I'm talking about, so it would be um, a word that comes from God, that um, a word directly that comes from God, that you know comes from God, and it might just say something to you specifically. For example, like you know, mm. if you look up the interview I did, uh, I'm not sure. If it's online, so it's, I'm not sure if all of it is on YouTube, but you get it on the RTE player. The priest that was with me last oh, Easter, the late, the, late the late late show, right? Uh, he had. There's a only a
0: minute clip, but I think you can go to the RTE yeah. player for anyone that's listening right. as well. I think I've seen a link. I didn't go through that one, but the RTE player, and then you can watch the right. full episode. I think, yeah.
1: Right, right. So the priest that was with me, um, he talks about an, he talks about that uh, in a way, okay. yeah. So. Um, he's actually had an experience of it himself, if I remember do, do correctly. Did you
0: know this um, priest before coming on? Or? Uh, no, I got no, a...
1: No, no, no. I just met him when we were on that oh, night. Oh, sure, yeah. I know him now. I'd that's like, a you know, strange enough environment, isn't it? What's the? Like just
0: filming that because it was there was an audience, wasn't there? Right, oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's a live audience. Kinda, yeah, it's kind of like this, but plus an audience plus and an the cameras audience.
1: and team. Yeah, but I suppose look, you forget about that because you, you just do. try and concentrate on. How long was you your know?
0: bit? How was you, How long was your conversation?
1: Um, how long was my conversation? I think was it maybe I can't remember. Was it maybe fifteen minutes? Okay, ten, fifteen minutes, something like that. That's not too bad so actually. Yeah, yeah, I was brought on. You and do you do get a bit of time to kind of get into it a little bit. Like. A bit, a bit. Um, you know, I was trying to get out as much as I could in terms of the, the story or my faith or why mm. I live my faith. You know, but, uh, I was there and then Father Sean was next to me, so, um, Ryan Tubby was, was before, just something. jumping between both yeah, of us yeah, or yeah. what was what was kind of relative what was not i just tried to give an account of like how i came into a, a relationship with god basically mm-hmm. you know and and yeah. um, father sean did the same he's a very interesting story himself mm-hmm. was a married man uh, with two children both his children died separately from oh. balances and then his wife died oh. right so um and so he talks about it also so if you want to look up that interview then he, you mm. know, he, sp- he speaks more at length
0: sounds like a very interesting story yeah as well. And then the last question was, um, were you an atheist before or what did you label yourself before the transition?
1: Yeah, I, got sh- I was so, <laughs> I was so checked out. I didn't even know what I was okay. like, you know, just so indifferent to everything.
0: You were just I, looking kind of ahead. And,
1: yeah, I wasn't always wrestling with these questions, you know, I wouldn't, okay. have, I wouldn't have even taken the time. To actually consider the fact that I might be an atheist, like, you know, because mm. at least someone who's an atheist, have actually taken the time to maybe consider these questions and realize, right, this is where I stand, you know. Mm. I was just so indifferent to everything and just kind of living for my passions and the world that it didn't matter. Growing up, I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school. Okay. And to be honest, when I look back, I suppose, uh, I suppose to a degree, them sort of things meant something to me, you know, going to mass when I was younger. You're like actually kind of more familiar with it, like, yeah, kind of like making my first confession. I remember that yeah. actually used to mean something to me. Yeah. But then when my teenage years came and uh, I started living the life that I was living, then I wouldn't have even have taken the time to try and take um, an atheistic mm. kind of point of view at life. Like, you know, I'd never really, yeah. you know. I think those things, uh, I study a course called
0: Children's Studies. So we do mm. a lot of work um, or look at a lot of work with children when it comes to schools, yeah. settings, youth work, things like that. And um, I think from that perspective, when it comes to the confirmation, like talking to the priest, you know, saying your sins and things like that, mm. I think, um, no, that's not confirmation. Confession, Confession, yeah. sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. When it comes to confession, I think, from my own personal experience, I think it's too, well, I don't actually know what's it like in Ireland, because I went through the Polish system a okay. little bit uh, at first. It's It's graded, like, so the religion, and, and confessing confession is actually like a thing you need to pass like you have to get a grade on this
1: well oh, so, so, who, so who grades
0: it now is that uh, like so there would be a, either a nun or a priest in the school setting okay. like and what i found with that and i don't know if you have any thoughts on this i found it kind of too like scary or too kind of much yeah, yeah. like i find the con- the experience of confession kind of nice mm. like if done properly i mm-hmm. think like it can be nice to be able to Talk. Maybe, yeah. maybe you're too afraid to say it to your mum. Yeah. Maybe your priest can be like, you know, listen to your story and have you talk to your parents. And maybe you say, well, I'm too scared. Maybe your priest can kind of guide you to how to Absolutely, yeah. say it to your it parents. Should, yeah. And from a, from a child's developmental perspective, like, that's great. Like, and yeah. I'd love for that to happen. But I, I found that my own persp- experience, like, I was just full of nerves and I was just saying what was on paper written for me to get it done in, in like, school. Yeah. Like, we had to do, we had to stand in front of everyone like, individually, go up to the priest who was sitting behind the teacher's desk and do the whole routine of it.
1: To practice it, is it? Yeah,
0: and I just thought it was all very, like, done as a, an activity that you just had to get through and get your A yeah. or B grade. Um, I don't know how it happened in Ireland, but I, maybe you'd find that interesting. Have you ever heard of that happening? Like no, that I've layer? never.
1: The, the grade system, it's, it's a sacrament, so you shouldn't really get a grade for... You're we
0: getting graded on, prayer, like, the mm. way we say prayers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> wasn't interesting, yeah, was it? Yeah, maybe they only, you try to only, use I that. Maybe they try <laughs> to use that as an encouragement to try and take it seriously. That's the only Perhaps. way. That's that's all I'm thinking there. I think so. But, yeah. um, but to be honest with you, when you're younger, the majority of people at Piatra would just see, like, getting your sacraments, making your, your your first Holy Communion, your first confession. They would just see that as another subject that you get through. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But. The majority of people probably would see it like that but for me when I was younger it did, I remember actually it meaning something like you know okay. not to say it That's was nice. unbelievable or whatever no I did soon forget about all that but I just remember thinking like okay uh, I've done some bad things here since and if I tell the priest then they're forgiven and I'm going to try and be a better person now so I remember it trying to, I remember just feeling bad when I did something wrong which was a lot of the time unfortunately I remember actually feeling a bit bad going, mm-hmm. no, I need, oh, hopefully I can go to confession and tell the priest so yeah. I don't have to carry this. Yeah. I just remember thinking like that, you know, mm-hmm. now, don't get me wrong, you know, my, I, I completely sidelined all them experiences I had when I was younger, when I began living the life that I was living, and I suppose mm-hmm. when I, when my lifestyle became more hardened, you know, and I remember when I was younger too, when I would do something wrong, I remember really feeling it like, you know, I just really kind of pinch my conscience. So say if I told a lie when I was younger, that I'd really, it'd really bother me, yeah. it really bothered me, you know? Really bothered me. But then as I got older, I could look someone clean in the eye, my mother clean in the eye, and tell her a lie, and it wouldn't knock a stir out of me. Because mm. I think for me, I know that I'd kind of hardened my heart in a way, like, you know, I just kind of, my conscience was deadened in a way. And I didn't realize, uh, I didn't realize myself, to be honest, Patrick, that how much darkness I was carrying and living until I did actually go to confession and take account of how I was living my life in a way, you know?
0: Wow, well, yeah, yeah. Fair play.
1: I would end it at that, but I just thought
0: about something that I heard. Dude, go um go So it was, I wonder what you think about it, because you actually didn't speak much about, this is about um, priests giving advice to families, this, okay. this particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And so what this person said to me was, um, it was actually directed to me about um, how, uh, at some point in my life, I wanted to give advice to parents about raising okay. their children. That was like my goal. And uh, this person said to me, well, you need to have children first question, yeah. to give um, advice, and he said it's like priests giving advice to families. They shouldn't be allowed to do that hmm. because they don't have families. And I was like, I'm not sure about both things, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, I, I never actually, I don't know how this came up in my head, because this happened about five or six years ago. Oh wow. And I never actually thought about it more than what I did back then. Mm. And uh, do you have any take on priests giving advice to, to families, and should should they be allowed to do it? I mean,
1: yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying they're not they, allowed to do it. All of them shouldn't.
0: Like I I, yeah. I I struggle with that word. Yeah, number, you know.
1: Now, obviously, they're not married and they don't have children, so they're not gonna they're not going to have right the same lived experience as someone who is married and has children. That's logically clear for everyone yeah. to see. Yeah. But at the same time, priests' whole lives are the whole life of a priest. Is dealt with dealing with families, mm. you know, and situations where there's a lack of trust, infidelity, addiction, whatever it is, uh, sickness, ill health, children acting up, whatever it is. Yeah. And so the priest, a lot of the time, has to try and bring reconciliation, has to try and bring reconciliation, has to try and restore the life of a family. And so if I'm doing that for the, a lot of my life, uh, it's just going to be the law of average that. I'm going to have to pick up something along the way, yeah. where pick up these tools where I know that, no, if you do this, then maybe this will help, although yeah. if I do this, this will work. You
0: see so many examples. You see so stories, much examples. Every
1: something. single day you're going to yeah, be dealing with, in the confessional and also then in your real life, in your ministry, you're dealing with families all the time. Like I'm not a married man now, for example, but I have had experience, limited experience, but I've had experience of people in relationships that have had problems or in their family life or dealing with... Uh, children like I've worked in a school with uh teenagers and it was in it, it, it was in um uh, it was in Tala you know so sort of social mm-hmm. issues in the area yeah. and things like that and uh, that can be brought into the family life also and I would hope to think that you know I haven't raised uh, a child but I've had to deal with a lot of children in the counseling setting and so I'd have an understanding as what might need to be done with a child or uh, if something does happen then how it can be dealt with afterwards you know so likewise with a priest i would i would know that from them dealing with so many families uh, throughout their ministry throughout their priesthood then it's just naturally that you're going to be able to come up with ways in which to deal with situations and problems you build up a bit of wisdom there now mm. but at the same time as, this, as i started off by saying of course you're not mm. obviously logically you're not going to have the same understanding as someone who re- did actually have a child and raise it up but at the same time it's not to say that they have nothing to offer in that way. I do actually think they have a lot to offer in that way, you know?
0: I think so too, especially if if a priest is out there teaching about love, empathy, connection. I mean, that that goes... You know, if you teach families those, they're naturally going to, if you want to say, get better or get healthier or get, you know, whatnot. And plus... This, this wisdom that's built up throughout the years. I mean,
1: right. that's perfectly fine. And the, the number one thing a priest does is sacrifice, you know. They've sacrificed. They're sacrificing their life, in a sense, for a greater good, that they can be available to serve others, the church, and God and others. What's the role of a father? A lot of the time he's going to have to sacrifice, you know. Sacrifice maybe, okay, in terms of his work and being able to provide and things like that, mm. but able to deal with uh, a young family. I'm sure, that, that I'm sure there's a lot of sacrifice involved there giving up their time yeah. you're not going to be able to just do what you do what you yeah. want to do like go to the football at the weekend and go for a few drinks all that you know you've yeah. got your family to deal with so yeah. the idea of sacrifice is theirs and putting the good of others over your own good you know
0: i think there's a there's a beauty in that though i think mm. in, in this kind of sacrifice and also compromise at the same time you know that there's that, that yeah. the balance between those right. things it was honestly like such a pleasure to have you on great like, honestly, Peter, like, thanks for having me on had a great conversation yeah brilliant and uh i like to thank Sandra again for sorting of Yeah, us thanks, out. To Sandra. Yeah. Um. Anyone listening still, thank you so much. And also, if they have any questions for yourself, yeah, or any things I've said as well, uh, you can get in touch. Um, there will be links in the because if you're listening to this on Spotify, there will be links in the description. Now I do have an Instagram, who I mostly kind of operate from. So that's um at thoughts for free underscore insta. That's where you can kind of get in touch with me. I also have a Facebook page as well for those that are not on Instagram. And anyway, you want to get in touch, um, do, and then hopefully I can pass those questions on. Maybe, yeah, if like, any questions. likewise to
1: myself. If any any question whatsoever comes up, like you know, I'm I'm not going to be offended. Or you're not going to hurt my feelings <laughs> at this stage. You know, I've I've heard it all. But um, likewise, uh, if anyone get, wants to get in touch with any questions, you might be able to put uh, the link to my Instagram and Facebook also. But, oh, because you were talking about. Yes, it. I'm. But I'm not going to be. You can put the links up, but I'm not going to be back on. Uh, the social media until Easter Sunday I've done a bit of a fast for myself so I've right. taken a social media fast for Lent um,
0: where can we so get in touch with you? Is it so
1: I, what I can oh, I'll just give you my email address if you wish you can put that up right. there if that's exactly. easier you yeah. know? so yeah. I can put my email address up if anyone wants to uh, ask a question or has uh, any comments to share on yeah. any of the stuff that we've discussed but thanks for Piotr for having me on I really appreciate it Like you know, no problem it's been a pleasure on both ends thanks Thank very much you so much